0: Welcome to Fringe Element War Against the Spread, Rivalry Week, Turkey Week, Thanksgiving Week, Week 13. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Stephen
1: Lassen. You can follow me on Twitter at AthlonSteven, and you can check out my work at AthlonSports.com.
0: First of all, I love trying to pick rivalry games uh, against the spread. It's hilarious. Uh, It's a fool's errand. Hilarious?
1: It's difficult, Braden.
0: Yes, it is a fool's (laughs) errand. There is no question about that, and that's what makes it so funny. Uh, it's also my favorite week of the entire year, so I just don't care if I get these wrong. And frankly, you have been so ridiculously good at this game the entire season. Seven consecutive winning weeks, for those of you who have been playing Stevens Picks, seven straight winning weeks. You went five and three last week. I went four and four. Uh, got I should not have gone New Mexico State. I knew I should have gone with Missouri. We also outright gave you win. Like, you're welcome, South Carolina and Vanderbilt. We gave you those outright wins. Uh, but you are now 28, 14 and 1 in your last seven, and are now insane on the season. On the season, Stephen Lassen, 51, 36 and 2. You are 15 games over 500, 5 and 3 last week. I went 4 and 4 last week. I am 44, 43 and 2. So just barely holding on, covering the VIG right now. Uh, but otherwise, Stephen, you just keep slamming winners, dude. Like you just keep every single week just hammering winners.
1: We're we're making people money. That's the best part of this. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I'm very paranoid every week when we do this because I waffle on these picks, and in the end, it all works out okay. So I'm hoping we've got the right formula for Rivalry Week, and we're going to end up uh, on the on the right side of
0: the the winnings this week too. All right, we shall see. Let's get to it. Of course, but before we do, Fringe Element War Against the Spread is brought to you by J.E. Dunn. We love our friends at J.E. Dunn. Oh, yes, you don't we... need any experience. Yes, we're very thankful for our wonderful and amazing partners and friends at JE Dunn. Uh, there's many things in this world that I am incredibly ungrateful for, uh, but JE Dunn is not one of them. They are amazing, fantastic, wonderful people. Uh, again, top 100 healthiest place to work. What they want you to know, those of you who listen to Fringe Element, which we love and appreciate, rate, review, subscribe, share the show, watch it on the YouTube's, all that great stuff. Follow Stephen on Twitter and on his YouTube page as well. All CFB365. Um, if you like, all we want you to do is just check it out check out jedun.com Go look at the website. Just see what their careers are. Because like, again, if you're looking to make a move, you're looking to make a change, you may not even be looking to make a move. But if you if you feel like there's another level that you can get to, another tier, if you want to be as good at your job as Steven is at his, then you need to go check out dot jedun, com. Top 100 healthiest place to work in the United States. $5 billion in annual revenue. And again, some of the best people that I know. I know a lot of the folks that work there in the Nashville office. They are some of the best people in the world that I've ever been around. I work with them on charities and stuff like can't, can't support these guys enough and they support us local business here in Nashville. So check them out and, and go, go check out the website, jdunn.com, you know, like Lane, like Lane Kiffin. You're looking at other jobs maybe. What a, what a, what an interesting Monday evening on the Twitter sphere that was (laughs) very, Uh, he was the assignment editor for like the entire country (laughs) there for a while. Like, Oh, if you didn't if you didn't post 200 words wrapped around a Lane Kiffin tweet, you didn't do your job on Monday night. But that's a no, that's a topic for another podcast. Uh, all right. My favorite game of the entire weekend. Not even close. Bar none. Thursday night. egg bowl. Weird stuff happens, man. Weird shit happens. Uh, the coaches are weird. The backstory is weird. The The teams themselves this season are actually quite decent and seem fairly tame heading into the game. Normally, there's just all kinds of wildness. Uh, it's all happening mostly with Lane Kiffin, which is again, it's Egg Bowl week, baby. Um, th- this I would not be surprised if there's a like this has all been leaked by Mississippi State boosters or whatever. Mike Leach has not been good in rivalry games over the course of his career, and Ole Miss's defense just got housed for like the fourth straight week. So where are you going, Mississippi State? I guess getting some points, what two and a half, three points on the road against Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, a lot of stuff going on at Ole Miss that worries me in this kind of setup when you're playing your biggest rival. But, you know, Mike Leach 0-2 against Ole Miss. Also, both games decided by, you know, 10 points or less. So Ole Miss has won two in a row in this in this series. I think Ole Miss rebounds after the loss to Arkansas. They're going to give up some points. They're going to give up some yards if they can just get some stops in the red zone. Also, Mississippi State giving up 183 yards in SEC games on the ground. So give me Quinchot Judkins
0: and Zach Evans to cover on Thursday night. Yeah, they're probably going to run the ball a lot. This doesn't feel like a good spot for Ole Miss, though. I'm taking Mississippi State, plus I need to gain some ground on you. Uh, I'm taking Mississippi State. I think Leach has – like he's got some narrative changing to do around himself and in rivalry games in particular. Also, he's going to have a new boss pretty soon. Uh, So lots of things, like you said, just so much going on in this game. I hope it, I hope it dominates Thursday night for college football fans and and they're not turning off to go watch other crap. Like college football needs its own window. And thank God that the two Mississippi schools volunteered to play on that (laughs) night. Uh, I'll take Mississippi state. Another one. Again, I don't know about you. I can't remember a rivalry week with more implications like, just season-defining implications. But Missouri at home, getting three points against Arkansas, they desperately need this one to get bowl eligible. Arkansas, of course, above five hundred. Where are you going in Missouri?
1: I like Missouri. I think desperation. I like teams on the final week of the season trying to get to a bowl game, something to play for. Missouri is 6-2 and two against Arkansas since they joined the SEC, 4-0, against Arkansas and Columbia. We know Arkansas has issues against the pass, Missouri, using that short passing game to get the ball in the hands of Luther Burden, Dominic Lovett. So I like the way Arkansas plays when K.J.
0: Jefferson is in there. But I think at home with something to play for, I'm going to take Missouri. And And they have the defensive front that maybe can stand up against Arkansas. And this is one of the few games that you can just kind of throw the rivalry thing out. Like this one is not really in that same category as these other ones. It's just sort of like a Hey, we have these two SEC teams from other conferences that now need a rival. So we're going to put them at the end of the year. Um, sort of like TCU and Iowa State. Um, it, it's I was going to take Arkansas, but you've talked to me into Missouri and you've been right so long, so much this year. I'm going to go Missouri as well. The desperation factor is pretty big. Uh, Florida, Florida State on Friday. I love that this game is on Friday. I think that's awesome. Uh, Florida State laying 10 points at home against Florida. If you listen to fringe element earlier this week, Chris Doring basically disrespected Florida state and their entire existence because of how much they hate each other. Florida state is playing near perfect football right now. And they're at home and this rivalry, it, it has been in it's, it's gone the it's gone Florida's way to say the least.
1: Yeah. Florida's won three in a row over Florida state. Uh, you know, five of the last six times that these two teams played the winner won by 16 points or more. So it's usually been pretty one-sided, I think Florida, a lot of pride. I think they're going to rebound after last week's just total clunker at Vanderbilt. If you look at the way Florida State is playing, they, they're favored rightfully so. Um, you know The offense with the way they've been running the ball, Jordan Travis, efficiency, defense for Florida State playing well, too. I like the Knowles to win. I just think there's a lot of pride at Florida. They tend to play up the teams this year. I think they'll find a way to cover that. If you're going to give me 10 points in in this spot, I think Florida rebounds and covers.
0: It is a lot of points in this rivalry. Um, I'm going Florida state at home. I'm riding the hot hand. I'm riding the hot team. I'm riding the break the streak for a lot of those seniors that have not won this game or those junior upperclassmen, at least that have not won this game. Uh, Give me Florida state lay the 10 points. But uh, again, for those of you listening, you know, who's been right and who's been wrong this year. Uh, There you go. Georgia Tech and Georgia. Clean, old fashioned hate. My favorite name of a rivalry in all of college football. Um, Georgia laying five touchdowns minus thirty five here. Stephen, where are you going? Georgia. Uh, You know, I think you said it
1: best there. I love the name of the rivalry between these two. Clean, old fashioned hate. The last two games, though, Georgia has won by a combined score of ninety seven to seven. Georgia Tech has played better under Brent Key, the interim coach. They're going to play hard. The problem is Georgia, I think, will be motivated, especially after a okay showing up at Kentucky. Kirby Smart will keep him motivated. It's a lot of points, but I'm going to take the dogs. Oh,
0: you're laying the 35. I mean, Georgia Tech's had a really weird season arc. Like, just, like, you know, so awful and bad. You fire the head coach. Then you start to gain ground, but not as much. Like And then all of a sudden you beat. You know, with your third string quarterback, you lose your guy into the portal or, or is going to be into the portal and then you, you beat North Carolina. What a weird season. I'm going to take the 35 here with Georgia Tech yeah, just simply because 42 to 7 is is still a push. So um, I'm going to take at least one or two scores for Georgia Tech and Georgia doesn't get to 50. How about that? That's, hey, that's, my, that's my reasoning. 35 points, to your point, is a lot,
1: Uh, you know, points to be given up in a rivalry game. Georgia Tech you know, despite everything that's happened this year keeps fighting. So I think to your point in a in a spot where they're trying to get bowl eligible, fighting hard for the interim coach, I could totally see playing Georgia Tech here. It's just hard for me yeah, when Georgia
0: Tech gets pushed, it seems or Georgia gets pushed, they re- usually rebound and this yep. week they do yep. that. Yeah, I I I agree with you on that one. This one's really tricky. This is the closest South Carolina has really been to Clemson in a long long time. Riding high, Spencer Rattler plays a near perfect football game the best of his entire career. I don't think he can replicate that. Clemson at home, 14 and a half points. These two teams hate each other as, as much as anybody else in college football does in their state. But that's th- this is not a Clemson team that scores a lot of points. They do play good defense. I don't know if, again, I just said, I don't think South Carolina can replicate what they've done, but they do know how to play in games. And I don't know what that means exactly, but they know how to play in games. South Carolina, Clemson, minus 14 and a half for the Tigers. Where are you going? It
1: sounds like you're leaning South Carolina.
0: Do I do I have that? <laughs> possibly. Possibly. I, I'm not going to give you my pick. You're the star here, man. I, I'm, I'm leaning Clemson here. I,
1: I'll tell you why. I, I think, first of all, to your point, South Carolina shocked the world last week. I think, you know, is there a market correction here? Like, if they didn't win that game, what would the spread be for this matchup? I think it'd be a little bit higher. Um, Clemson's won seven in a row. Also five in a row by 21 points or more. Clemson's won 40, uh, 40 in a row at home. They've been very good, hard to beat, you know, at Clemson. So I think it's a bad matchup for South Carolina's offensive front against the defensive front of Clemson. I know South Carolina had the great game on offense last week. It's the outlier for their season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to bank on some regression back to the mean. I think Clemson in then in a spot where they're playing the rival, I think that they take care of business and cover that 14, 14 and a half.
0: No, like the little agent of chaos in the back of my brain is rooting for South Carolina. But I I don't think I don't. Again, you cannot do what you did last week and and do it on the road against Clemson again. They just can't do that. So I'm I'm with you on the Tigers there. I can't. I'm trying to gain some ground on you, but I'm not also going to do stupid things. Um, Louisville, Kentucky. This is one of the most fascinating matchups of the entire weekend that not a ton of people outside the SEC or ACC is going to care about. Um, Louisville laying or getting three and a half points on the road two fan bases that have had wild, different, wildly different journeys endpoints and starting points this season where Kentucky was riding high and feeling great about itself. Louisville is going to fire its coach. And now all of a sudden they are going in very different directions. Stoops gets a huge extension. He's not in any trouble, but Louisville fans might actually be more excited about their team than Kentucky fans are right now, considering how the season has unfolded. Kentucky, uh, what's the what's the deal with the quarterback situation here, Steven? It's a great question. I
1: think first of all, there should be some motivation for Kentucky. It's probably it's uh, probably it could be Will Levis's last game in the Kentucky uniform. We'll see if he plays in the bowl. Louisville Malik Cunningham missed last week's game. I think there's a little bit of optimism that he might be back for this week. It's just hard to, at this point. There's no real read on it early in the week whether or not he will be back, but. Louisville has played really good defense, like since the middle of the season. You know they had the terrible loss to Boston College. They're playing better on that side of the ball. They lead the ACC in sacks. Won five of six games. I do think when you look at this series history, it tells you to take Kentucky. They've won three in a row, all by thirty-one points or more. So if you, with not knowing the status of Malik Cunningham, the way they've handled business here, Kentucky's defense, Will Levis potential last game. By a touchdown that seems maybe about right in this uh in this spread if Malik Cunningham plays I think that changes this conversation a little bit and maybe you
0: play Louisville so is that exactly what you, is that's very specific if they announce s- Saturday morning at 9 a.m that Malik Cunningham is going to start are you would you put money on Louisville
1: potentially yeah I'd like to see where the spread if it gets a little it gets higher I think is you know, three and a half, like I'm thinking this is about a touchdown game for Kentucky. Like I think they win by a touchdown. If it gets a little bit higher, like I'm willing to take a chance on Louisville with Malik Cunningham covering if if we know yeah. for sure he's in the lineup.
0: And Louisville has been wildly unpredictable this year from week to week, even though they're playing really good football right now. Um it they Kentucky to some degree has been as well. Like just no show against Tennessee, and then you play Georgia defensively as well as anybody has all season. So um I, I like Kentucky minus a three and a half as well. I like the history. I think there's like, I think there's a little bit of pride here for Kentucky, where Louisville's starting to gain some headlines, and people are going to be talking about Louisville a little bit more this week. And even our conversation is about how Louisville and the fans have changed direction, and Kentucky hasn't. And I, I'm if if Malik Cunningham plays, I would not bet this game. But since we're playing this game, uh, I'll take Kentucky right now at, at three and a half. If it goes down because Cunningham's playing. I, I, then I would then I'd, I guess I'd probably stick with Kentucky but, but I, I'm not sure there so I'm going Kentucky you're going Kentucky at minus three and a half early in the week on a holiday week uh Iron Bowl Auburn Alabama um you've got two guys uh running these programs that are right now basically equally beloved by their fan bases in a very strange way because one guy's got eight national championships and the other guy's coached like four games um Auburn has been very good under Cadillac Williams they have this team has played hard it's in the entire season even in the face of all the crazy adversity 21 and a half points is a lot of points three touchdowns here for an iron bowl iron bowl that is almost always closer I I don't know what to think about this one at all man I like I Auburn has a chance to get to a bowl stephen how wild is that
1: It really is. I I actually like Auburn, I think, to cover in this game. I think it's a lot of points. Now, I think Alabama is clearly the better team. I don't think that they'll have to sweat too much the final outcome, but it might be sort of an ugly, like, 34, you know, 13, 34, 17 kind of game. I think the fight for Auburn that's been there week in and week out, not to mention they can probably create some problems for Alabama's offensive line with their front. They're going to need something out of, you know, the passing game. I don't think that they can just line up and try to run it, you know, 40 times against Alabama. Alabama won six of eight in the last five meetings in Tuscaloosa. Alabama has won by 11 points or more. No surprise. I think Alabama wins, but
0: I think Auburn 20 points or so I
1: can take them to to backdoor cover this game.
0: I, I really want to. I, I really want to. I want to believe in Cadillac. I want to believe in the 21 and a half. Something about Bama at home. I think there's I think Cadillac has like used up all of his mojo. I'm not sure how much is left in the tank and that's a compliment. It's not meant to be an insult to him at all. It's meant to be a compliment because again, I, I think Cadillac is why we love college football. That story. But give me the tide at home. I'm laying the 21. I think Nick Saban's got this team pissed off for greatness, and I think this is crazy. I think he, I think Saban has convinced his team that there might be an outside chance they can still sneak into the playoff. Just, just throwing it out there. <laughs> it's not possible. It's not. But I think he's convinced his team. So but I'll take it, ba- it,
1: this. Also, could be the last time that Bryce Young and Will Anderson play for Alabama too. So there is plenty of incentive to send them out on a high note yep. with the big win over Auburn.
0: Uh, will will be the last time. Uh, LSU, Texas A&M, this is a much more bitter rivalry. We've talked a lot about it on this show over the last two years. Nine and a half points is a lot of points in this game. LSU is on the road. This game has always been weird and wild and kooky. The I-10 rivalry, a lot of bitter hatred there. I, this one is the, I think this is the toughest game of the entire weekend to pick at nine and a half.
1: Really? Uh, I actually thought it was one of my easier games oh, to pick. So, J, J. Dunn, dot
0: Dunn.com. Exactly.
1: It is my J.E. Dunn smart decision of the week. I'm going on on LSU.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, LSU is eight and two against AM since AM came to the SEC. They did lose the two times in College Station. So there is that if you want to play AM. They've had some success here. Probably going to be a lower scoring game, you know, AM's offense. If they could get A Chain and Evan Stewart back, maybe there's a reason for optimism. But I think AM's offensive line will have some issues against O'Jalari and Harold Perkins like the way Jaden Daniels rebounded last week too. So I'm going to take LSU as my J.E. Dunn smart decision of the week to cover.
0: J.E. Dunn smart decision of the week. I'm taking LSU as well, but I had much more difficult time with that. Although I believe your two smart decisions of the week last week were Tennessee and Georgia, and you got five other ones right after that. <laughs> I'm not sure we won either one of those smart decisions. J.E. <laughs> Dunn.com, by the way, if you're looking to make a change. Uh, if you bet every one of Steven's games, it doesn't matter what the smart decision is because – that's the smart decision. And frankly, that's how you've made all your money all season anyway. Uh, Tennessee and Vanderbilt. No Hendon Hooker. Obviously, one of the worst stories in college football. The injury there. What a brutal night for Vols fans on Saturday night. 14 points. Vanderbilt could get to a bowl game. A third SEC team playing at five and six for bowl eligibility. Which, if those three teams win, which would mean all 14 teams. I mean, sorry. Sorry, AM fans. <laughs> 13 teams. Um, I, I am, I think the right, if you're actually asking me for advice on this, Steven, I think the right play is Vanderbilt on the money line. Just pull the outright upset and and put your money down on that way. And then you get your value and your odds. I don't like playing this spread because I could see Joe Milton just hitting on a few of those wide open receivers that he fails to throw the ball to all the time. And if he just happens to hit like one or two of them, they might run away with this whole thing, run the football like crazy, but Vanderbilt's playing so well. Where are you going here? I'm taking Vanderbilt. I, and the reason is this: I think Tennessee is the better team here. If you go back
1: to last week's game, Vanderbilt and Florida, you know Vanderbilt caught some—you know—I wouldn't say f- I mean, fortunate breaks. They were outgained by Florida. They had the turnover in the end zone. They're gonna have to play better to beat Tennessee. But I think desperation here. I like taking teams in the last week of the season with something to play for. And if you're Vanderbilt, it's win and end. You get that six victory. You get Tennessee coming to your place with the backup quarterback. Vanderbilt giving up about 6.8 yards per play on defense, so they're going to have to play a lot better in order to shut down Tennessee. But just the spot. I think the spot makes me say Vanderbilt's got a shot to cover and and keep it close as they try to get bowl eligible.
0: Always a lot of orange on West End at Vanderbilt, but a lot of Vandy fans will not sell their tickets this year because they're just like, they're like, no chance we're going to give you. This is weeks ago before Vanderbilt had a chance to get to a bowl game. I was talking to like family members. I'm like, hey, I want to take my daughters. I'm trying to use my kids as like leverage to get into the game. I'm like, hey, can I buy your tickets? And they're like, they're, you can't afford them. Is what they're like. So Vandy fans are holding on to these tickets, trying to keep the orange out. I don't know if it's gonna happen. I'm gonna take Vanderbilt as well because I think Joe Milton sucks. But that is just that's just my personal opinion. It's not a not I don't like saying that about a young man who's a college football athlete. He's a fine young person, I'm sure. Uh, I think he's a terrible quarterback. And I don't know why college football Twitter. And like SEC fans and Tennessee fans, they all just like rediscover. like Joe Milton comes in. They're like, oh, my God, look at that arm. I'm like, yeah, it's the exact same problem he's had since he was at Michigan. He cannot throw the football to other players on his team. That's a problem. But you said it best. All he needs to do is to hit on about three 50 yard bombs uh, and
1: Tennessee probably is in good shape here.
0: When has that ever happened in his life as a college football player? When has he done that? So I could have thrown the ball to Cedric Toman last week in the true. end zone. Okay. okay like, true. Dude, come on with that. The guy literally, <laughs> the defender literally walked off the field <laughs> and then Joe Milton threw it 14 yards over his head. It was unbelievable. Uh, just take something off it, dude. Change up. Just take something <laughs> there off.
1: There is it. no change up in Joe Milton's game.
0: No. All right. I'm going, I'm going, we're, we're together on Vanderbilt. We're riding together on LSU. I got Bama. You got Auburn. Uh, we're both on Kentucky. We're both on Clemson. I'll take Georgia Tech, the Ramblin' Wreck. You got the Dogs. You'll take Florida. I'm taking the Knowles. We're both on uh, Missouri, and uh, I'm on Mississippi State, and you're on Ole Miss. Otherwise, go to jedun.com Tell them 440 Sports sent you. Tell them Fringe Element sent you. Just take a look at what they've got from a career opportunity standpoint. You don't need any track record or history of knowledge or background or anything. They'll take all types of people from all walks of life because all they care about is people that want to bust their ass, work hard, and be a part of a team. And if you want to do that, they will do right by you. And I don't know what else you can ask for out of a career and out of uh, an employer and out of out of coworkers and bosses and everything. So jedun.com, check them out, guys. Uh they're awesome folks. You'll you'll enjoy what you see. So go check them out. Stephen, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Tell people where they can find you. Happy Thanksgiving, Braden.
1: Hope everybody who listens to our show has a wonderful Thanksgiving and enjoys all the games this weekend. You can follow me on Twitter at AthlonSteven. You can check out my work at aflonsports.com and on YouTube at AllCFB365.
0: There you have it, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. Have a great holiday weekend. My name is Braden Gall. You can get to me on Twitter at Braden Gall. This has been Fringe Element, War Against the Spread here on the 440 Sports Network.